Welcome to the Learning Exchange, where L&D and HR professionals can dig deep into the ever-changing landscape of online learning and talent development. Each episode, we'll explore innovations in learning and discuss best practices with special guests from inside and outside the learning world. L&D is evolving, and the Learning Exchange is here to help you keep pace. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Learning Exchange. Networking and building bridges is something that I think many of us often take for granted. Uh, In today's world, it's easy for us to connect to people on Facebook. It's easy for us to connect to other people on LinkedIn and even to spark up conversations and arguments uh, with, with people that we've not ever actually built a relationship with. Uh, what's interesting about that concept is that when we think about what happens internally within our own businesses, many times we are not forging the same kinds of relationships, Uh, whether it's a company culture thing, whether it's just a a level of comfort for each person individually, it's a missed opportunity. In 2020, we saw many businesses begin to shift again And many companies were transforming how they were structured. And in this process, we saw companies making difficult decisions about leadership roles that needed to be eliminated in order to make room for uh, retaining more of the workforce. And as a result of this, departments began to blend or consolidate under, uh, in some cases, united or even under uniquely matrixed relationships. Now, Over the last 20 years, there's been many instances of learning and development kind of moving in the organization structure. It's gone from a standalone group to reporting into HR, reporting into operations. Uh, I've even seen uh, learning reporting into legal and marketing. And, you know, this, while this isn't a new concept, it hasn't been the norm for a while. And LD has, I'd say for the last 10 years, roughly been somewhat free-floating or or very loosely tied to HR. But now we're seeing more involvement and more blendings of the teams. Now, this will help solve some of the challenges by creating an environment in which the teams are, are working together more often. However, I think the building of relationships should not be overlooked as an intentional, deliberate act. Whether we're talking about the relationships between learning and HR, or learning and the rest of the business, uh, there's a lot of benefits to be recognized. In context of learning in HR, you may have heard me talk about in some previous podcasts, uh, it's one of the more obvious relationships to build in honor of trying to create a more cohesive integration of learning into the employee lifecycle. Uh, meaning that we're following and reinforcing the same behaviors, the same skills, the same attitudes, the same competencies that we often deem highly critical for someone as a candidate. And we deem it highly critical for someone when we're evaluating performance. But as I mentioned, there are countless other relationships that can benefit the learning strategy in specific. And uh, to get more specific about these things, when when thinking about building something new, whether it be a learning activity, whether it be a substantial process, uh, reimagining, or even uh, acquiring new technology, it is highly recommended uh, to find representation from the employee population in honor of 
ensuring a variety of perspectives get covered. Now, I, I can speak to this from my own personal experiences over the years as someone who is somewhat of a professional networker. Uh, I have learned early and often uh, the benefits of building relationships and uh, soliciting other perspectives to really try and make sure that you're rounding out the vantage point as much as possible. And this comes in form of not only different jobs, but different experiences and different life circumstances. It's it's my opinion that we should all make it a mission to create focus groups or somehow enlist other feedback from groups that reflect my entire organization. And when I say my entire organization, I mean entire organization. This means looking for people to contribute that reflect the generational makeup of your organization. It also means looking at levels of experience and expertise, looking at nationality, looking at language preferences, looking at uh, potential disabilities, looking at high performers and low performers, and and the list goes on and on. It, it really... You know, if you look at getting perspectives, you look at building relationships from a learning perspective uh, with all parts of the business, not just to make sure you've got departmental coverage, but also looking at all the slices. You can start to really have much more of an effective approach. Uh, now, for those of you that are saying, whoa, 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 um, too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't need that many people at one time. I hear you, and I agree that there is a limit to the number of people that you might get involved in a single initiative, but there should be no limit to the number of relationships and engagements that are designed to bring people together for the purpose of sharing perspectives. Uh, and, And how I would unpack that is if I think about building a new training program, whether it's a new hire program, whether it's an actual new initiative that needs to launch with new training, maybe it's a new manager and development program. Find users that represent all aspects of the business and make sure that you're always finding people who are not sharing your perspective. Um, Find people who have a different vantage point. Find people who tend to push against change or um, the unknown. It can be incredibly powerful to get somebody converted from an opponent to an advocate. You should also think about how you can leverage all of the resources in a creative way. So maybe as I'm building a new learning program, I have one group of people that I might shop around the build or the idea of the program and get some feedback. It does this hit the mark? Does it seem to um, does it seem to meet the needs of everybody who will consume it? And again, we're, we're asking people who have a lot of experience, asking people who have no experience. And then we maybe bring in a different set of people to talk about the design uh, or the execution of the program for a more honest perspective. So um, this group might have access to to evaluate kind of hands-on whatever the learning is that you're building. And they weren't part of the design. They weren't part of the, uh, the build. So they don't really have a context for what you're trying to do. You just enlist their help to give you feedback. And it's a good way to test if somebody who has no context can interact with your training and they can articulate the benefits and the purpose. And then I think you've, you've hit the mark. Uh, It's great to always leverage the insights of others, trying to find ways to build learning 
when we're using a shared perspective enables more people to identify with the content. When we leverage other insights and other perspectives, uh, we also can start to better understand not just what the message needs to be and how people will receive it, but also how people need to consume the content. On a prior episode of The Exchange, I did talk about different learning styles and making sure you've got representation there is very valuable. If we think about something a bit more substantial, like maybe purchasing new learning technology, you could benefit from exactly the same ideas on a grander scale. You could get tons of people involved early as possible. And this will dramatically increase the rate of success with with projects like new technology that are somewhat disruptive. When you get the broader perspective, you can understand not only the spoken elements, but the unspoken elements of the culture, which may hinder progress along the way. Sometimes the change that you're pushing forward should be the star of the show. uh, And other times the change should play more of a background support role and leverage to drive maybe a particular outcome. So as an example, when you're, you're selecting maybe a new LMS, whether you're changing or you're buying brand new for the first time, you could take one path, which is let's put the LMS front and center, let's spotlight it, make a lot of uh, a big pop and circumstance event around the LMS launch. Or you could instead take the approach where maybe you're, you're launching a new experience or you're launching some new program of which the vehicle to deliver that program happens to be the new LMS, but the focus really stays on the new experience that you're creating. Two very different ways to drive that path and two very different outcomes, uh, depending on what your organization tells you it needs you can make a decision on which path makes the most sense. Uh, The sentiment that I'd like to kind of close with is that you can never invest too much in the activity of building relationships throughout your entire organization. Uh, if, If we needed to be more specific, there are several benefits and I've got, you know, a handful that I could share. Some of those things sound like, you know, building in, Uh, marketing for your event, your activity, uh, whatever the case may be through success stories. Uh, People have real firsthand experience with whatever you're trying to do. And if they can share their sentiments, they can build trust, they can build confidence, which is uh, the the power of that is immeasurable. You can also leverage these relationships and all of the perspective um, and insights to start formulating a coaching culture or a mentoring culture where you're, you're creating an experience that people understand and expect that we're going to be open to these ideas. It creates a, a, an incredibly easier path to navigate change management, with, uh, which you know, often comes with big initiatives, but even the smaller ones can sometimes be really difficult. And having the ability to leverage a wide variety of relationships having the ability to see things throughout the organization to try and build excitement from within allows you to have a grassroots effort that can often be much more effective. When we do all of these things, we also can really enable the organization to be much more agile because people are connected. And again, we've created trust by sharing through our relationships, this openness, all of those things might create 
a happier, more pleasant employee experience, which could translate to greater performance. It could translate to greater impact and greater results. So I, I could keep going on and on with the, with the benefits, but at the end of the day, I would like to kind of leave you with this thought that we should not overlook the importance of building relationships. We should not overlook the importance of teaching our employees how to build relationships, how to network, and how to engage with one another for the best possible outcomes involved. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, and never stop learning. Mm-hmm.